Hello, and welcome to our special mini episode of Under a Bootleg Sky. I'm Chris. And I'm Andrew. And before we get into the show today, we just update on uh, last week we talked about the rumors about the All That You Can't Leave Behind 20th anniversary box set. Uh, and turns out the rumors were true. Of course, if you two songs posted it, then we know there's some merit, and now we know it's true. We, we discussed it at length. Uh, last week, but I, I and I don't think we need to go into it too much. But I'll just say, uh, for myself, I, I was a little disappointed in what we're going to get. Yeah, I I agree. And you know, as you said, we talked about it enough last week and kind of what we didn't want and we're hoping we weren't going to see. And I think the uh, Octone Baby box set really set the bar very high for what they can do on these box sets. And disappointing that a lot was left on the table because it was a very fruitful time for the band and. Um, just wish we were getting a little bit more of a uh, little bit more that we hadn't heard before. And coming out of that fruitful time, we get this show we're talking about today. Uh, it's U2's performance at the Super Bowl uh, in New Orleans, Louisiana. For anyone who is an NFL fan out there, just a reminder: this is the Super Bowl that featured the New England Patriots and the uh, St. Louis Rams at the time. Um, this would be Tom Brady's first Super Bowl victory. Tom Brady, who happens to also be a huge U2 fan. I wonder if this had anything to do with that. The fact that his first Super well, Bowl featured U2. Yeah, I'm sure that maybe he, he, he liked that a lot. There's a video on YouTube uh, talking about Tom Brady's health regimen and working out and diet and stuff. And they ask him what music he listens to. And he says a lot of U2. And Doesn't he actually like, sing Sunday Bloody Sunday on there? Is he that might. He might. But yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a big fan for sure. So that's pretty cool. And I'm sure this is special for him so tom what kind of music gets you fired up for a workout a lot of you too you too all right what's your favorite track oh there's a lot of them can you give us a verse sunday bloody sunday what's your favorite you know i didn't go back and watch any of the press conferences or anything that went along with it but i remember that you two or at least bono got in trouble for saying who they were pulling for in this game that's interesting they said so, they were the Patriots. Yeah, and I watched a couple uh, videos on YouTube because there, there are several different things. There's a docu- kind of like a mini documentary that has... Which is great. Yeah, it, it, the NFL put it together. It's it really good. Um, and it opens with a press conference there. It doesn't mention that. But then there's another video that has more than just the actual halftime show itself. It's got a little of like the announcers talking beforehand and a little of them talking afterwards. And you see like edge and adam and larry just on stage kind of waiting uh while uh some remix plays but then one of the announcers says something will that, remix, how, be, will that remix be on the box set it probably will <laughs> it, it was an elevation and remix i wasn't familiar with so it probably is i'm sure um but one of the announcers said something about how edge was a patriots fan so i guess you're right that they made some comment about that yeah well it came out because you know I guess five years later or whatever, when they played the Superdome after it reopened after Hurricane Katrina, they were very, they're like, we cannot say our favorite team. We cannot say who we're pulling for because we got into trouble for that, for that last time. So, you know, this is just one of those moments that you two's made for eyes of the world upon them. Bono calls it their uh, Ed Sullivan show moment, um, which I think is very true. And, and then I guess the Super Bowl is kind of, the only thing that's like that now where you've got so many eyes on it at one time. And well, obviously this one had the added element of, you know, what had just happened in America. And, right. you know, uh, when I was thinking about that, I was thinking about live aid 
sure. I think I think Live Aid, I'd put that a little bit above this. This really, that really put you two on the mainstream map a little bit even more than what they were. This just this was just different. I think there was just a lot more to this performance with the Super Bowl, which is the largest watched event in the world, and then you tie in the 9/11. Um, tribute to it and just with the way that the world was then and when, when they have that kind of pressure on themselves I think they put the, that kind of pressure on themselves I should say and then they want to perform but it's the difference between performing and just having these amazing performances that really connect with the crowd and yeah. they don't do it you know when they have these big shows and I put Saturday Night Live on that uh, not on the same level but as one of those prime time shows where they know they have a lot of eyes on them you know I can think of two great Saturday Night Live performances and I think you can think of a couple that you know were, were not that special but when it clicks as as the hardcore YouTube fans know, and that's why we're reviewing these bootlegs, these special shows that where it obviously did click. But when it clicks, they can go out, eyes of the world upon them, play two or three songs, and just get their message across that that succinctly in that tight of a set, and just um, leave the place wanting more, but still. Is it just me, or does this seem so much shorter than the halftime shows we're used to? It does because you only get three songs and so many of the performances now are medleys. And not only are they, not only are they medleys, they have multiple performers. And, you know, like look at, you know, JLo and Shakira this year, that was, I bet you they probably touched on 10 songs. Yeah. And that does, it does seem longer. And those other shows do seem longer. I was reading a couple of things and, you know, even back then this was a unique performance because it was more like a concert. This is a very concert esque feel. And, and they, you know, they had people, their own stage with the heart and everything. Right. People prepare for months, months to do the Super Bowl, designing the set list, designing the stage, designing the lighting. And you two's like, hey, we got this. <laughs> you know, this is this is this, <laughs> this is, is our tour. This yeah. this is our, you know, this is this is our thing. And you know, they did nothing. There, there's nothing different. They were doing the uh, they were, they were doing the names. I don't know if they did it the whole I know they didn't do it the whole tour, but I know they did I it for a brief. I think they just did it for the New York City shows, and because okay. and they did it during one as well, because uh, I gotcha. was watching those shows, and you know they had the small screens behind them right. for right. elevation, so it, it wasn't right. as big as what we see in the this performance. Granted, they had been off the road for about three months, two and a half months. They finished in December. Beautiful day in the streets. They could plan their their sleep and okay sure. a little bit different, and we'll we'll get to those in a, in so, a second. But I don't I don't know if you know this about the Super Bowl, uh, the halftime performances specifically, that they are I don't know if notorious is the word, but they're I'll say it, they're notorious for having all the music pre recorded, but only the vocals live. And I'm sure there have been instances where that's not the case. Speaking like of the Prince halftime show, of course, his guitar was live and his band was live too. I remember that that became a big controversy when Red Hot Chili Peppers played because their instruments weren't even plugged in. <laughs> like they didn't have the cables into well, the jacks of their yeah. guitars or whatever. Um, and unfortunately, when I was watching the video, I was able to tell that U2's music was pre-recorded. Really? Yeah. It's... it's unfortunate it does it doesn't take away totally from the show but it takes I, away a lot for me it, and it definitely breaking, that's breaking news to me 
Yeah. Um, obviously, they, they would have been new recordings because they're different than, uh, you know, whatever the studio versions were. It was during streets that I noticed it, but. Gotcha. Well, that's, that is disappointing to hear. So you've kind of of taken some wind wind out of our sails. I know. Should I save that for later? I don't, I'm kind of sick. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like to hear that stuff. Uh, That makes me sad. Yeah. I know, but the vocal mic was live. I know, but I just I'm surprised I'm really surprised I did that. I guess I guess I just didn't feel like I don't know. I, I don't know why they do that. Okay. Should should I should I save saying this to later? Like should I save that point until we get to streets? No, I think the way you introduced it was fine, but I'll be honest, I like it that, that does ups- like I'm upset <laughs> over that. that I'm sorry. Me, that makes me sad. I know it, it's because it's still honestly, it, it takes a hundred. I really wish you'd never told me that because it takes <laughs> so much work. Like I never, I really even want to watch it anymore now because it makes me <laughs> sad. Okay, I'm fine. <laughs> I mean, I have like energy to talk about the show. I have no energy anymore to talk about it. Well, does Larry in his see-through mesh shirt give you the energy to continue? I think that's a lining thing. No. It, he, he stole it from right said Fred. Whatever, I don't care. It doesn't matter. Right. Do you want to start it? We get our opening uh, Pop Mart style uh, with Bono walking through the crowd. <laughs> it's a beautiful day, although he's a lot more, he's a lot closer to people. Yeah. Like they, they're the first, all over him screaming exactly. into the microphone. The first thing I said was no social distancing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, yeah. Uh, yeah, screaming into the microphone, pulling at him. But I, I, I don't know. It's just like man of the people. I, I like it. I think it was really cool. Yeah, uh, it's great. And like I said, it, it, it was kind of interesting seeing that other video on YouTube of just the band waiting on stage. Like there was no like big walkout, you know, with the influx remix or anything. They were just standing there waiting for the... Uh, cue to start i guess it was kind of yeah. funny just... well because because it's a tv show right with an yeah. with, with audience of eighty thousand people yeah and which is it's a made for tv concert so it's hard to it's and it's there's so many logistics that are involved because of time yeah i mean you know it goes back to what we talked about notre dame you know last week voice raspy a little probably weak a little probably more tired i feel like than those shows but still the passionate energy pushes especially on the on the outro when you say and put some soul in the world it's a really rough sounding voice but that makes that and we said last week that makes that 
sound just so much better, so much more passionate. That we get the little <laughs> little giggle laugh at the end. I, know, I thought it was going into until the end of the world. Until the world. I mean, it's just like I don't know if that's forced a habit or he just makes himself laugh with the soul yeah. stuff or what it is. Yeah. I just thought that was funny. No, that's right. Uh, but instead, we get a very interesting and surprising choice of MLK. Yeah, it is interesting for sure. Probably because it's it's not a hit. I mean, it's it's something that most well, people. Yeah, the, the they, general audience would not be aware of, and guaranteed no other Super Bowl has ever played a song this somber, and no uh, other Super Bowl well, has had a somber moment to play a song like this. Right, exactly. But I, I wrote down that this was really the perfect set list. You know, if you had to guess, or think I know I, I was trying to played, think what what else would yeah. be put in there. Um, well, so "Beautiful Day," a super popular song, biggest single off the last album. You know, you can maybe say walk on, maybe pride, um, but beautiful day is going to make sense. Then this, the slow, to slow it down because you got to run the names, you could do peace on earth. You could have done MLK. You could have done one. One would probably be too long. Yeah, that, that, was, that was the other one I was going to say was one would be a possibility, but, it, but it's I a little it too, too, too down. Yeah. But I think you could have done peace, peace on earth would have been the only one, but I think they didn't like how it would transition out of. Um, well, speaking of the transition, they changed the key of MLK here so that it goes directly into streets. Is so the like, synth, um, the synth, instead of being in the key of G, they switched to I guess D flat, uh, which streets is in, so that it, you know he can just play it is that straight higher through. Or low, higher or lower than normal. Uh, he's singing lower. The, the The vocal line is lower. And if you listen listen to it, the very first note he misses it, like he stumbles into it because he's probably never sung it in this key before. Yeah. yeah. So and that's it's a rough start, but he gets it back on track. I mean, it's not a. It, I was gonna say it's not a vocal show off song, but then I think of White Rabbit, huh? I'm like, oh yeah, can't. sure. But the, on on this one, and I think this went into some of the times they did on 362. Edge is doing back background vocals, like harmonies. Yeah. Which I'm just such a rather than hum guy. It's just hard for me to have edge. Oh, I like it. Stuff. I like the harmonies. Okay. Um, it's okay. But, you know, this is the song where the names first come up on the backdrop, um, which is a huge moment and, you know, classic as far as U2 is concerned. It's classic as far as the Super Bowl is concerned. I, I think it's yeah. a moment that's well, not going to be forgotten from NFL history, basically. Yeah. I mean, you know, in all the around Super Bowl time, they start ranking the performances and all those kind of things. And 
Usually, U two and Prince are U two and Prince are the are the top. Yeah, I mean, obviously, U two would be up there just on their performance alone. But I think the nine eleven thing carries them. When right. you see them number one, when you see them number one, I think that's why because it had the emotional aspect tied to it. Because you know, U two show is going to have that emotional piece to it anyways. But this just amplified it. Right, and you know, speaking of Prince, I, I was just thinking like, because you know, he did Purple Rain, and it started to rain at the stadium when he did the purple rain. Imagine if it started to rain when he was started singing MLK, uh, so let it rain, rain down. Oh. That would, well, that would have been, a, that would have been something. It was in a dome. So <laughs> oh, that's right. They could have turned on the sprinkler system. <laughs> when MLK is fading out, you get a little bit of silence where a stick click could have come in and they could have started streets with the, with the drums. I would have liked um, that. I would have liked that. He does come in, you know, once Edge starts with it, but uh, yeah, yeah, but it's uh, the, the the guitar first is just not the same. It's you know, it's a little bit more somber, I think, when the guitar comes in first. And yeah, it's, it's little, not it's not as a heavy attack. But, you know, we talk about his voice and kind of struggling a little bit, but still being able to push with power. And then we get the, you know, you get, the you opening get a yell. yell. America! And it's just, it's, it's honestly one of the best ones I think I've heard. You think so? From the Elevation Tour. I mean, Slain? I, I, you know, we're not, I was just going to say, we're not talking about Slain. Slain's on a different level, but, and then we just get the run around, which is great. And, you know, we get a little sprint coming out the corner of the heart. We do. And, you know, I was going to say, I kind of feel bad for the uh, fans who are on the opposite side of the, well, yeah, the backdrop with all the names, but they get a little glimpse of him when he runs moment. around the stage. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah. And again, you know, just the just the context of it makes it a classic version. Honestly. Yeah, and, and you still got the names, and when the names fall down, it picks up. can say what they want i could see how you may say it's cringy i love the jacket thing I, I, I oh yeah it's awesome i mean you can see uh, to me i was i was trying to judge bono's face as he did it it's almost like he was a little anxious or nervous to do it to see what the reaction was going to be he was definitely like he was making sure that it stayed shut during the whole thing until the very end <laughs> like he because he had it i don't i think it was buttons uh he had it buttoned but like after he did the run he like covered it to make sure it was still all buttoned together so that it didn't look I, loved it. I think it's great and no, I, think, actually, I, I do too i think it's nice that was a cover of time magazine can bono save the world that's right and you know that that jacket speaking of the jacket as well it's got the stitching like football laces yeah i think it's in the rock and roll hall i think it's in the rock and roll hall thing. that's right. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah. Um, so before before uh, we leave streets, before we leave streets, I guess I'll tell you where I spotted the pre-recording. And I'll tell you, you, I mean, you guys comment on this, but I, I think this is unless people just, as you said, know that the Super Bowl is mostly pre-recorded. But I mean, I think this is going to be pretty big news <laughs> if anyone's listening. If anyone's listening, but uh, so before the second chorus when they're on the last chord before they go into the chorus, Adam normally does a slide up into the, the high octave, but he doesn't do it until like, like he's playing low, but you, then you hear it go up, but he's still playing low. And then like two beats later, he jumps up to match it. So there's that. And then at the very end, uh, when, you know, Edge is doing the guitar part, uh, Larry's, you know, smashing the cymbals, like the crescendos on those. He keeps going after it stops a little bit. Um, so I hope I haven't broken too many hearts, but the, the Adam one is very damning. The Larry one could be, a sinking issue but the the adam one is proof enough for me that well, at least adam was pre-recorded yeah uh, i thought the bass sounded very good um but and and that's why i, I could tell because you, you could hear what it's doing and i, right. I could tell that his fingers didn't match up uh, i will say we did get some cool camera angles i thought on this performance that you get to see the band like i love when you can see the whole band in one shot or you can see adam edge and bono in one shot we got a couple of those some really cool angles it's funny you say that because i made a note that the camera was so focused on bono that i thought i was watching bono and the boys instead of you two yeah that's true there are there were a lot closer to him singing for sure which some are kind of awkward i thought but i'm not talking about those i'm talking about the the band angles i thought were really good but you know i also feel like and i could just be reading into it too much but i felt like they were very happy with the like they were very glad they were done felt happy with it at the end yeah, I, I I think so. Um, again, that longer version that's on YouTube, you get to see him. The, the camera follows Bono off the stage, and he's like talking to all the people. And like, I, there there's some NFL person who stuck, sticks a microphone in his face, and he's talking to him. I'd love to see what he says after that. I've never seen that. And the yeah, the, the guy with the microphone, is, he's walking backwards. He actually falls down, like <laughs> stumbles and falls. And Bono stops. He's like, hey, "Are you okay?" But um, yeah, I'd love to see what he says right after that. So. Final thoughts on our mini episode here? It's one of those shows like, you know, like I said, Live Aid or some of the Saturday Night Live performances or some of the TV performances that you can just pop on. And even though it's 10, 15 minute performance, it really captures U2's energy. And they take these shows seriously. I mean, of course, you're going to take the Super Bowl. You're going to take the Super Bowl serious. But U2, no matter how big they get, they know when they do these live TV spots they know that it's a chance for them to reach new audience members and get their songs across. Quit kidding, show their energy, show the passion. And this was just a, a, a great example of that with a lot of pressure. As we talked about with Notre Dame, you know, they didn't do a ton with 9-11 at that show, but um, how are you going to honor 9-11 and be respectful? You know, it's, 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 a, it's a fine line that you have to walk, and obviously they did it, um, they did it very, very well. Yeah, definitely stepped up to the plate. 
it's the wrong sports analogy. But um, until next time, thanks for listening. See ya.